Sego, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, December 7th. Yep, Pearl Harbor Day. You sunk my battleship day. Uh, we're not, we're not going to talk much about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, well, this program <laughs> may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment. We do encourage it in some cases, uh, start conversations. We don't do prayers and we don't do buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, uh, and survival. And we talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way, but a real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us, and we do it all right here from the Cataraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that our audio streams at www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page via Facebook Live, and my wife shares it on a bunch of pages. Um, Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms after our, our live broadcast. And we post the video uh, of the show on our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Native TV. So subscribe to our podcast by searching Let's Talk Native with John Kane um, podcast. Uh, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel by uh, going to youtube.com slash Let's Talk Native TV. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV and Twitter at Let's Talk Native. I am the host of Let's Talk Native, and I'm assisted by Jake Proud in studio who is managing our video and our sound. Um, you know, a few things occurred to me, and, and this some of it came out of my last show in New York. But I guess what occurs to me is we ha- really have to explain things sometimes, things that it almost seems like unnecessary. You know, oftentimes we have to explain even like sarcasm and, and parody, uh, satire, all that stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about a little project that Jake helped me along with a little bit this week. Um, and the fact that I got to explain some of that. I mean, it's sometimes I find it a little bizarre. I mean, it's like if you tell a joke and you got to explain it to get people to get it, either the joke isn't very good or I don't know if just people just can't seem to get their head out of, out of I don't know whether it's literal, you know, almost a sense of, taking everything too literal. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you know, when we talk about history and that kind of thing, sometimes we have to frame things a certain way. And so the topic of the show today, you know, the, the, uh, the one of the real popular shirts that was out, T-shirts that was out a while ago, was um, um, Stuff Happens. I don't know, there wasn't stuff, and, um, but it, Ota, Ota Happens. Uh, for those of you who know what Ota is, but... <laughs> Look, a tree falls in the woods. That happens. You know, but some things don't just happen. They are caused. They are made to happen. Oppression, genocide, murder doesn't just happen. People don't, killings don't just happen. People kill. That's how it happens. So I I find that a lot of times when we're talking about history, I think people can hear that history and, and almost hear it as if it's just this kind of benign thing that happened I mean, like uh, the word depopulation which was often used for native people we weren't depopulation it wasn't just like um, a plague I know people would like to think oh most of the native people who perished in the western hemisphere perished because uh, of their they didn't have the tolerance to white man's diseases okay yeah it'd be nice to think that but for one thing a lot of disease was spread intentional Intentionally, I mean, not just smallpox blankets, but um, rape and the, and the death because of venereal diseases. Didn't they didn't just happen? 
it, it, it it's something that was done to people. And one of the things that brought part of this conversation, um, you know, to make me think about it a little, and 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 shame on me for not having to, you know, come to this conclusion without a caller calling. But a caller called in last week, and we were talking about the way identity can be imposed upon people, and whether it's, you know, like the word American. And, you know, my, the point that I was making on my show was that the word American is the default um, image for an American is a white person. And why do I know that? Because, well, if you're talking about a black person, then then it's African-American. Or if it's a native person, it's a Native American or a, a Latin American. Or, you know, you, you stick another word in front of it if you, if you don't mean white people. And so that was kind of the point that I was making. And so um, a caller called it, and she was a black woman. And she... And, and she kind of rejected the idea of being called an African-American because she doesn't really have a history. Or her history doesn't come from Africa. It comes from, uh, you know, from slavery. But the point, she made a really solid point to me. She said, but my ancestors were not slaves. She says, they were enslaved. They weren't slaves. This wasn't who they were. It's what was imposed upon them. Slavery is a crime. It is an imprisonment. It is a, I mean, slavery is an act of violence that you commit against people. So that's like referring to somebody as just, um, like only referring to somebody as a rape victim, you know, uh, or, or the raped. No, I mean, you'd never reduce somebody to the, to just to the violent crime that was committed against them. I mean, if, if you, if you're going to talk about that crime, that's one thing. But I mean, she made such a a great, and maybe some people thought it was subtle. It didn't. It wasn't subtle to me. It hit me like a hammer. No, my ancestors were not slaves. They were enslaved. A violent act was committed against them, and so this caller, what she made me realize is, you know, maybe people just aren't hearing what we're talking about. So when we talk about residential schools, look. We didn't enroll in residential schools. This was a violent act that was committed against our people. You know, and and I guess the other reason that this kind of came to mind, you know, a, a friend of mine was posting, you know, about his concerns about what happens in the next election, whether Trump gets reelected and, you know, and, and went on to, you know, talk about how deplorable he was and, and how so many people who follow him are ignorant and, and all, uh, you know, went on and on and on. And, and he said, but this country was built was based on freedom. This this country was based on protecting the innocent and 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 you know was based on on the concept of freedom. I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. I says, that's not the history of this country. He says, and he says that's what made America great. No, by any account that you want to list the United States as a as a great country, whatever whatever value you want to give to it. The lion's share of of progress that the United States wants to claim came in the backs of people. It came at the death of Native people, the theft of land. Look, there's no question that one of the one of the things that made the United States the wealthy country that it was or is is because they stole all the freaking land and resources. They didn't have to buy anything; they stole it. And and in the first hundred years of the of it, of its existence, they stole labor from uh, not just from from black people but from native people. 
the enslavement of other human beings to further your economy and your and make your wealth for you and to turn this into the land of milk and honey for white people so i mean i, I guess what what it what dawns on me because i I'm, I'm explaining this i mean I, I was going back and forth with somebody on this and he says your history doesn't say that our people have been I mean, we're the victims of oppression from both from both parties, the liberals and the conservatives, the Republicans and the Democrats, or Whigs or Tories or whatever the hell they called themselves back in the day. It didn't matter who was in office; every president earned that title, run of the Gaius. All of them did. I don't even know that this one's earned it any more than the rest. You know what's you know what's different about this one? It's kind of this one's like heroin. This president, this current president, is like heroin. When white people start to be concerned about its effect on uh, on on them, now it's a problem. Oh yeah, when when your presidents were doing all this other crap to uh, you know to black people, native people, and were advocating white supremacy, it was fine when white people were uh, were the beneficiaries of all that. Now all of a sudden you've got a, enough white people. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not enough white people. Now you got a, a number of white people. White people who are concerned about the white president, you know. But I, all of these presidents have done terrible things to to the planet, to people of color, to native people in particular. And, and I got to say this over and over again: when I talk about us being on the tops of all the lists you don't want to be on, or on the bottom of all the lists you don't want to be on the bottom of, so what are you talking about? unemployment or whether you're talking about life expectancy whether you're talking about suicide rates or whether you're talking about you know um education whether you're talking about um you know again substance abuse or whether you're talking about you know earned income we are on the list where you want to be death by cop no we are on the list where you want to be but but to be clear this didn't happen to us this was made to happen. This is all the product of policy. Policy that has been shared by both the right and the left in the United States. So when I hear that expression or that shirt that says S happened, happens. No. <laughs> there are some things that just happen. But then there are things that are done to people. Slavery didn't just happen. Slavery was done to people. Massacres didn't just happen. Massacres were done to people. And you know what? There was very, very little outcry when these atrocities were being committed against Native peoples or against or against Black people. I mean, it, it took the rest of the world to take a stance against slavery before the United States would respond to it. Even the the good-hearted liberals didn't respond to it until the rest of the world started. I mean, Abraham Lincoln? You think he really had a problem with slavery? No, he he emancipated slaves because he wanted to to create a slave revolt in the South. That's why he didn't emancipate the ones in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. No. These people didn't... The the white folks in, in charge knew that slavery had to end part of it was because they knew that their own language their own words made them hit made them hypocrites you know when when i hear hear martin luther king talk about his uh, i have a have a dream speech 
that one day the country will live up to its creed. Look, that that's wrong. Because it was never their creed that all men were created equal and all men are entitled you know, are endowed by the creator, you know, with 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 certain inalienable rights like life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. No, that was for white people, folks. Their creed they had to wrestle with that with that language because uh, they, they did have to wrestle with the idea of what they were doing to other people. But it wasn't their plan. I mean, when they wrote those words, they didn't ever think it was going to apply to black people or native people or other people they could subjugate. So I find it a little frustrating that you actually have, I actually have to explain this stuff. You know, and and so... When you look at things, I mean, look, when you post things on Twitter or on Facebook, you can hear perhaps a little bit of sarcasm or satire in the voice. But when you type the words down and you see the words in print, sometimes people just don't get it. And and then you got to, like, explain the joke. I mean, so uh, this gets me to, to Jake and my little project here. Um, you guys have seen my my Caucasian shirt. You know, I got two of them. I got the one that looks like the Washington football teams it's a mocking of, of their logo the other one that mocks the uh the cleveland baseball team's uh logo well you know for a while i wanted to wrestle with with changing the image i never the, the problem i had with the caucasian shirt the shirt the one that uh, mocks the washington was the the logo the the, the guy you know the, there's just something wrong about the picture so i decided no there's a better picture to put in there there's a better caucasian to stick on the shirt so um so so we decided we we're gonna make white skins shirts and we didn't i couldn't think of anybody who could better represent the white skins than the white skin in the white house so there we have it i mean if you're seeing it up on my screen here um you know this is my concept i had jake help me with the with the uh photoshop i'm not i i'll give him credit but no blame <laughs> but uh so we we designed this thing and then I put uh, put it up on a Teespring. Uh, if you don't know what Teespring is, it's a place that you can have shirts made and then you can you know put them up for sale and make a few dollars or whatever else. So it's a it's a fundraising mechanism. So you can actually get this shirt on Teespring. Uh, I've got a, a couple of shirts coming in. I've got one with a different name. Uh, I th- I did one that says Aryans across the bottom. Yeah, uh, a little bit uh, more specific to white supremacy, but uh, this one is a better play on the Washington football team's name. So. Um, but I had to explain this to people. I, you know, I had a few people who said, oh, well, that's not right. You can't, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I, Wait a second. I'm not starting a team here. This is satire. This is mocking something that is, that is wrong. I mean, this isn't a billion dollar franchise here. This is a shirt that's trying, and if it's offensive, then it works because Unlike the Washington football team's shirts, they say, no, it's not intended to be offensive. Well, this one is. My plan is that this shirt, that's what I'm saying, says, oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's not right. Well, for one thing, the word white skins is no place defined as a racial slur. Maybe we can, if we can get it defined as that, then then that'd be good, but we're not there yet. And... The fact that the likeness in the middle of the shirt happens to may resemble somebody else, somebody you might be familiar with, uh, just a coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's not a coincidence. I mean, this guy represents 
all that is white in America, right? Even you folks who don't like him know that it is white people who put him in office. So what better what better uh, image to have in there? So anyway, that's what we have. Um, but again, I had to keep explaining this thing to, to you know not just to one exchange. I've I had I posted this on a couple of pages and and I had some people who I I had to explain it. No, this is. This isn't about two wrongs making a right. I'm not. This isn't even the score. The per, the reason for doing something like this is to draw attention to the wrongness of the Washington logo, not the rightness of this, the whiteness of this. I guess. I mean, so again, sometimes I realize that even though I I know that I'm talking to people who are relatively intelligent, especially when I'm when when I'm recounting or explaining a part of history that they're not aware of so when, when you explain it and and you see the look on people's faces you know you're telling them something they didn't know but perhaps it's too much and and i realize that we we have to keep going over it and i've and i've got to explain it over and over again so whether we're talking about columbus whether we're talking about mascots the fact that we can't communicate effectively to people, because I know the words that are coming out of my mouth make sense, you know, but apparently the words that are going into the ears of people that I'm talking to, there's a disconnect there. We got to explain it. We got to explain not just the joke or the satire, but we got to explain the complexity, of, you know, of, of how how institutional racism works. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the things I was talking about on my show down in New York, which was kind of a takeoff of something we talked about here, I was talking about the cumulative effects of, of racism. And, and the point was that because racism is so pervasive in the institutions, in the systems, that's why they call it that it's systemic, that even the small amounts of it here and there leave people with an, with assumptions or presumptions and, and and here's here's a perfect example there is this assumption or presumption depending on how you want to look at it that of course the senecas have to pay the state something for their to do gaming i mean it's like this is the foregone conclusion this is the presumption it is it is automatically stuck in in the in the minds of frankly even some native people but certainly in the in the minds of of the non-native people, well, of course they got to pay. Why wouldn't they? But they don't really ask that question. When I say why wouldn't they, don't say, yeah, let's look at that. Why wouldn't they have to pay? I mean, there isn't a foregone conclusion. Well, of course they don't have to. They don't pay taxes. I mean, even when people say that, oh yeah, but they got to pay for this. It's like so the the and and why so why is that the presumption? Well, I'll tell you because it's a it's a cumulative effect of the bits and pieces of racism that are taught that's taught in school, that's carried by law enforcement, that's carried by legislators, that's carried by the president, it's carried by every lawyer including the ones that we hire. Because they too said, "Well, of course you got to pay." <laughs> Our own lawyers will say stuff like that. Why? Well, partially because most of them are white. And the ones who aren't white have been whitewashed. That's how they became lawyers. That's you know, that's part of the requirement. You've got to indoctrinate yourself into the system. So what gets missed in all this is not just a level playing field, 
but but a clean page to start from. So we don't start from a place where we all know the same things and we all come at the come at a problem or a circumstance or a scenario with the same understanding. We all we all come from, come to it with, with our uh, different prejudices, I guess. But we never wipe them away. I mean, it's fine. It's fine for. I mean, there's a the, there's a, it's a natural instinct to have a a prejudice because the idea of a prejudice is that you prejudge a situation based on the limited amount of information that you have. I mean, and that's you know the the fight or flight mechanism that we all have, all species on the planet have. It's all based on on a perception. But as you become more informed some of that those prejudices should go away the problem is they don't all go away we don't wipe them all away so even as we we can tamp down the conversation it's still embedded in the minds of the folks that are either decision makers or or they're they're influencers in the decision making and when you take again that cumulative effect of either the misinformation, the presumptions, or the outright race, racial or, or, or uh, bias or, or racism, then it leaves those of us who are not of the majority or of, of, of the, I don't even want to say the majority, but of the dominant culture, always on the short end of the stick. So even as we explain history, I mean, if I, if I tell people that Abraham Lincoln executed you know, or, or sign the execution order for the largest mass execution in the history of the United States. It still could be detached. This is, oh, yeah, but that's a long time ago. Well, but we still have Native people dying at the hands of cops at a higher rate than anybody else, it, it, except for black people in, in one specific age group. Uh, and proportionally, I'm talking about. So you can't just say, well, an execution that took place in 1862, that's a long time ago. It's over 100 years ago. No, but we have executions that are happening every single day. I mean, you know, and, and look, and I don't want to dismiss the fact that, the, that it happens at a tremendously high, high rate for black people, too. But if we can just pretend, okay, but th- those are, that's all circumstantial somehow. Yeah, it's circumstances, all right, that's caused it. The circumstances of the fact that you were enslaving black people for 100 years of your, of your history. Oh, I, I, no, I'm of a U.S. history go back uh, several hundred years before that same with native people look if it was legal to kill native people for bounty when you stop paying the bounty doesn't automatically tell people well it's yeah it's 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 not okay to kill people anymore you can't kill native people well then why do we have missing and murdered indigenous women why is that a problem because somewhere along the line not everybody's got the memo that it's wrong to kill native people. And it's not just women, it's it's native people. So why does why does this stuff still exist? It isn't just a hangover from from the good old days when you can massacre Indians and lynch black people. No, the sentiment is still there. The genocide didn't just happen. It was committed. And it was committed by by Spain, by England, by uh, the French, by the Portuguese. I mean, every country in Europe who had a, had a hand in it in the Western Hemisphere. 
And you know what? <laughs> Up in Alaska, the Russians were having at it with the native people there. And it wasn't just here. You can look at Australia, you can look at the Polynesia, look at uh, you know, Hawaii, all, all these places. <laughs> this, these geno- this genocide of indigenous people didn't just happen. It was committed. And most of it was committed by Europeans or their descendants. So I guess I have to take a little bit more care in how I explain this. Because when I talk about some of this history, and it isn't all ancient history, some of this stuff is pretty pretty recent. Missing and murdered indigenous women, death by cop, the mascot issue, all of these things exist today. But when I talk about where it comes from, I've got to be more clear, apparently. Because some people aren't getting the joke. They aren't getting it. They don't get when I when I suggest that Donald Trump is not my president, that it's not my government, and and I, and I bring up some of this history, people will shake their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really bad stuff happened to you. No, no, it didn't just happen. It was committed. All forty five of these sorry jokers who, who sat in the White House or whatever building before they had before the white house committed genocide against native people all 45 of them either allowed or were complicit in the oppression of uh, of marginalized people including the black guy that was before this one they all do and why because they are conditioned i mean and i've talked about this and you know <laughs> Again, when you when you talk about how much influence and, and how tough it is for a person of color, a native person or a black person, to achieve the success that white people have established as the standard for success, they've got to become whitewashed to even do that. So Obama had to be articulate and well spoken. <laughs> he had to he had to sound like a white guy. He had to act like one. Just like every one of those news broadcasters you see on on television, show me one black newscaster, and this is going to be more it'll be more obvious when I talk about it in terms of black uh, black women. Show me one that's got natural hair that doesn't have to take the uh, take the kinks out. They they've got to they've got to be on TV with Michelle Obama hair. Why is that? Why did Paulette Jordan have to cut her hair off ten days before the election when she was running for governor of Idaho? Why? <laughs> because in order to be in that system, you got to give something of yourself up. You got to give away something of your identity, even if it's just your hair. You got to talk like them. You've got to think like them. If you're a lawyer, you got to you, you got to litigate like them. You've got to have that view. And, and you look, I understand there's political there's a, a political spectrum, right? But the, the right and the left are not that far apart. If they're talking about the same freaking constitution, if they're gonna, if both are gonna say how great America is, because if you don't say how great America is, you can't be a, you you can't run for office. If they're both saying how great America, then you're ignoring all of the bad crap that that, that took place. 
you're not as far apart from each other as you think. Because until you can acknowledge, not just pick and choose the stuff that you have to acknowledge, but until you acknowledge the wrongs that have been committed and how those wrongs have laid a foundation that continues today, then you simply don't get it. You're, you know, you're just, you're just two wings of the same bird. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll, we'll go through a little bit more, but I think you're getting my gist here. So we'll, we'll talk a bit more when we come back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native.
thanks for going back. This is John Kane. Hey, and that's uh, that's Darkwater Rising with uh, uh, featuring Charlie Lowry on vocals. Uh, we opened up with Against the Sun, and that is uh, the last one's called Pieces. It's from uh, Grace and Grit is their CD. Uh, I don't know if they've got another one since then, but uh, good stuff anyway. I, um, look, we also play native music, um, and a lot of times I, I use a lot of the same music, and, and I realize I should break, probably break it up a little bit more. But uh, there's certain artists that I just I'm drawn to, and and since there's no place else to hear this stuff on the radio, I figure it's my my duty to put some of it up there. So anyway, that's uh, that's Darkwater Rising. Uh, my Tuscarora friends from North Carolina, uh, some just some great stuff, great stuff from those guys. Um, let, let me uh, go ahead and uh, thank my sponsors. I want to um, uh, thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE Family of Businesses, Eric White and ERW Enterprises. Uh, the good folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply. Uh, and, you know, and I got a few other people. I got my friends like Stephen and VJ down in New York and uh, uh, Dr. Shaw Bay and, and a few others. Uh, you know, uh, Ed, my buddy Ed, who joins us for about half the year here, uh, he oftentimes when he's back on the West Coast will uh, make a contribution. And, 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 again, all that stuff helps. And we are trying to build something here. Not only are we trying to do – we do well, not only do we do three shows a week, but we we try to expand our capabilities and um and so we can do more with videos and uh Jake and I have uh, have a plan to do a uh, a full length documentary we, we may peck away at a, a, some other short form videos before then um and I always feel like I owe you guys one and and I do we'll we'll get one out here soon I know next week I'm not uh, I'm not traveling to New York uh, I may still do my my uh, show from here but uh, for Thursday but um i don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll bank something out next week but um you know again we do this show to um to to start a conversation and to, and to get people thinking and and one of the things that came apparent to me and that's why i i, I want to talk about the things i did today is that we we need to like dig a little deeper on some uh on some of the stuff i think when we're explaining a, a point of history so whether we're, whether we're talking about residential schools or we're talking about the mascot issue or we're talking about, um, you know, just genocide in general, I think we need to get really specific. And one of the things that, that I think hurts the conversation is there's no context, right? We don't think about, well, what else was happening in the world? And, and, and some of this stuff is done on, on purpose. I mean, when you, when you teach, when history is taught in school, they can they can separate issue by issue by issue. I mean, think about today. I, I said I'm going to talk about it, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Today is uh, the anniversary of the of the attack in Pearl Harbor. I mean, think about Pearl Harbor being attacked by the Japanese. Now, Japan wasn't going to conquer the United States. That's not what that was all all about. And they didn't lash out at. This was an attack on Hawaii. They didn't go after Hawaiians. They, they attacked the military buildup that was happening in the South Pacific. And why was there a military buildup happening there? Because the United States was trying to demonstrate aggression towards places like Japan. This was kind of the first strike thing, right? This is like, well, we're going to hit them before they, they hit us. Now, I'm not justifying. I'm not saying, I'm not taking Japan's side in the whole thing. But think about what they attacked. For one thing, Hawaii wasn't a state at the time. It was still merely an illegal occupation of the Hawaiian kingdom. 
That's that's what it was. There was nothing legal about the United States even being there, let alone building up the military presence there. It was a complete illegal occupation. So where did, when did it start? Well, I'll tell you, it started right at the, at the turn of the century. When a group of white men, some of them who were actually born in Hawaii and who were profiting from, from Hawaiian agriculture, especially the sugar, decide, no, we got to get away from, from all these brown people running this place. So they, they, they took the queen, Olivia Kalani, and they held her hostage. They locked her up. And they claimed that the Hawaiian kingdom was no more, that it was now the, the, the Republic of Hawaii. And they uh, wanted to be annexed by the United States. Now, why would they want that? Well, because tariffs were going up on imported sugar. So all these white guys said, "No, we're going to take over the uh, take over the, the Hawaii, over Hawaii, and then give ourselves the United States, so we're no longer an import." I mean, it was just basically money. That it was all over money, and of course, it was completely illegal. So how did this happen? And and th- and let's put it in context. We're talking about some of this stuff happening right at the turn of the century. In 1890 was the last massacre, major massacre, that the United States committed against uh, Wounded Knee. An absolute crime against humanity. So when they only a decade later start trying to make these aggressive moves towards the United States with their you know with their navy cuz that that's what these white men they had uh, they had the United States navy uh supporting the, their takeover their illegal occupation of the Hawaii you can't disconnect these two things you also can't disconnect what happens after that and and again before um be, before Pearl Harbor day uh, the, uh, Theodore Roosevelt going into the Philippines. A book written uh, by Stephen Kinzer. Uh, I heard him in an interview and he said, well, this is the first time that American troops um, found themselves firing upon people fighting for their independence. Well, I only have one word for that. Bullshit. What do you think Native people were fighting against the United States for? For the hell of it? Out of their warrior spirit? You're going to give me that line of crap too? No, Native people were fighting, uh, were resisting the United States because of their independence. So, in this in the span of, of decades, you go from you know the last major massacre of, of Native people, you know, at, at Wounded Knee, to the illegal occupation of Hawaii, the invasion of the Philippines and 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 other areas during the so-called Spanish American War. And lo and behold, J- Japan in, in the 1940s, a couple of decades later, decides, yeah, we better do something about this, uh, this tremendous military buildup that's happening, you know, at, at the, the, the closest port that the United States has at that time to Japan. So, I mean, if you don't take these things, put these things into context, if you don't understand what it, where did the, the U.S. military and all of that, you know, that aggression that came out of the Civil War, who was it turned to, uh, turned to after the Civil War? Frankly, it wasn't even after the Civil War. It was during the Civil War that Native people were being massacred. Sand Creek, that was during during Lincoln's uh, uh, presidency. The execution of the Dakota 38, 
That was Lincoln. So nobody wants to put this stuff in the context. I mean, there was some some observation they made about the um, about the teaching of of history. They said there is no mention. Most kids in school, grade school and high school, learn nothing of Native people post um, the year nineteen hundred. If they if they learn about the massacre at Wounded Knee, or 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 you know fifteen years be, you know before that, uh, um, you know Custer's last stand. That's it. Nothing. You you, you get into the twentieth century, and we're never mentioned again. No Osage murders. No residential schools. No um, Dawes Act. No no cutting up all of our, our uh, stealing. You know more and more land. No violation of all the trees. None of that stuff. Never talked about again. So so here's what that means. It means that we are written out of American history, even though. What was done to us was the reason the United States could become the the affluent country that it claims to be. It was it was the theft of our land and the theft of freedom and lives of black people and native people that that contributed. That's what made America great. What do you th- what did you think made it great? Democracy? Jeez, democracy really? The founding fathers deplored the idea of democracy. Why? Because they knew how unintelligent most of their uh, of of their their citizens were, and that you could not put too much power in the citizenry because they would bankrupt the country. That's what they believed. John Adams, all those great founding fathers that you're you're taught you know, taught taught of in school, they never talked about democracy. You look it up. You you find out the first time that a president utters the word democracy in a public speech it's it's the 20th century that it that it first gets it comes out when they could pit democracy against communism and, and all that crap now it if you only look at history page by page and don't connect them i mean it, it, you know if, if you look at the way history is taught it doesn't even matter if you get the dates right not that the dates matter, but or the sequence, right? Because you can't look at mo- most American history isn't about periods of American history. I mean, when I was in when I was in school, they taught they said there was um, Indians, then discovery, then colonization, and then I don't remember after that. <laughs> I, remember, I always remember Indi- IDC, Indians, discovery, colonization. You know, then you get after you know Civil War. They talk about Reconstruction and all. You know, well, wait a second. It makes it sound like every chapter got closed. Oh, the the chapter on Indians, yeah, we closed that. The, the colonization happened. Then there was no more Indians. I know I use the use the word Indians. It's not my word. In fact, that reminds me. I got to go back to to this uh, this the woman who says um, my ancestors weren't slaves. Well, mine weren't tribes. Mine weren't Indians. No, that that was an imposed, not just opposed word, but the word tribe. Again, I'm I'm amazed, and and I challenge any of you, any of you listening, listen to the news, you know, even NPR, you know, the the, the you know the bastion of liberal thinking, right? And listen, how many times you hear the word tribe, tribal, or tribalism? 
And they're never talking about native people anymore. Now, that was a word that used to be allocated to, to describe native people. And and we would pretend that wasn't an insult, right? When you talk about native people, oh yeah, the tribes. Yeah, no, we're, the, n- nothing insulting about that. We don't mean, you know, there's nothing derogatory there. Well, but you listen to how it's used now. This is another word, tribe, tribalism, and, and tribal is used now. Every time it's used, it's used as a way to call people down. Like, in fact, one of the ways it was used, it was, what, what does it mean to be tribal? It means that you disregard science, facts, civilization, and you, go, you just go to your most base animal instincts. I'm not suggesting that animal instincts aren't, uh, you know, as a bad thing to rely on. But again, it's, it's the idea of, of, um, casting people as somehow primitive or more like animals, certainly less civilized, and and a people who defy you know the evolutionary scale that we're supposed to be on. So even when they talk about politicians becoming tribal, it's just oh no, they just huddle up like monkeys. It's always meant to be an insult. Yeah, we're so supposed to pretend that that word was 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 wasn't insulting when it was applied to us. Stephen Newcomb asked the question. Did tribes exist before white people uh, came to the Western Hemisphere? No, they didn't. That wasn't our concept. We were just people. We were human beings. And, and, when, and the idea of defining ourselves as, as a people distinct from perhaps many of our animal relatives, it wasn't to define ourselves as the lords over those other species on the planet. It wasn't to, to define us as the lords of the universe. No, that was a white people. White people believe that. I, I don't. I don't know about what Asians b- believed. I mean, so people can you know, can call me out on this thing, but I know what Europeans believed because it's, it's so it's so written of. We know, and we know every president of the United States carried forward this notion of white supremacy, even the black one. How do I know? Because you can look at the policies that he continued. The ones that continued to persecute even black people, brown people, native people. I mean, look, I realize he was only he was only half black. And he wasn't raised in the hood. He wasn't raised as a black person. I mean, you can't hide the skin. So what happens? Again, the cumulative effect. This isn't even doll test stuff. This isn't even the the whole idea that you know uh, we we look at our you know if you're a person of color you look at other people of color in the same way that white people do because because you've been taught that through media through Hollywood through television through advertising forget about in school but just the radio music every all of it right that's why when you if you don't know what the doll test is I'll explain it one more time. It's where you take a you, you take a child, you know. Sometimes either even preschool, but certainly you know five six years old, and you and you put a black doll and a white doll in front of that child, and you ask them which the, which is the pretty doll. Well, the white people say all the the white kids all say, oh, the white doll is the pretty one. But you know what? The black kids did too. Why is that? Why would a black child think that the white doll is pretty and the black doll is ugly, and not just pretty and ugly? When, when you ask that black child, which is the good doll? 
it's dis I mean the 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 proportion of black children that will still gravitate towards the white dolls being the good, the pretty, the nice doll. That has been that's a product of their environment. You're not born with that prejudice. So so even as you're Barack Obama making your way through Harvard and you know uh, and you know brief stint in the Senate and then eight years as a president, you don't think he was harboring some of that same prejudice that was that even a six year old child is inundated with? Of course he did. And that's why black cops commit crimes, you know, commit these heinous acts against black, uh, black, uh, black. They too are prejudiced about who is, um, who deserves rougher treatment. Who do you have to be more violent with, a, a white suspect or a, or a black suspect? And I'm not saying white people aren't aren't killed by cops. They certainly are, or and, and abused by cops. They certainly are. But more white people are killed by cops than than anybody else. Why? Because there's more white people. <laughs> As a percentage of their population, it's a it's a smaller number, but in total numbers, and and guess who else? Guess what else? White people uh, top the list at number of people on welfare. These seven hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand people who are going to have their their um, food stamps cut off, most of them are going to be white. Who knew, right? Who knew? Well, anybody who bothered to know. Because if you want to believe the rhetoric that's out there, you think that every person, everybody who's on welfare is a person of color. They're either these, you know, welfare moms from the reservation or these black moms from the ghetto, you know, who don't even know who the father of their kids are. No, it's white women who don't know where the father of their kids are. The highest, even percentage-wise, the highest number of of people on welfare are, are white women with children. Not white men, because they're, they've they've scooted. But see, that's not the way it's ever presented. So when you hear Donald Trump is cutting seven hundred fifty thousand dollars from food stamps, you're all oh, good. It's about time all those black people got off of welfare. Yeah, wrong, wrong. I mean, this is what this is how everybody's prejudiced, right? Because the media won't won't break it down for you. And then if they do, now you've been conditioned by the current president to think, oh, the, the media is not just all fake news. Well, look, you can find this information. You can look at everything from census records. You can find all this stuff. So when I talk about some of the history that I talk about, I've, I'll flat out say it right again, as I always say it. Don't take my word for it. If I'm telling you about massacres or uh, residential schools or any of these other things, if you don't... <laughs> If you don't believe me, then look it up. Google. I don't care what you use. You can you can go to you can go to the library and use an encyclopedia. They even even those things still had it covered because nobody was going to crack those books and find out what really happened. You can look at periodicals, read magazines. Look, I don't care where you want to get the information from, but but look it up. I mean, I I I try to be truthful. In the facts that I that I give here, my opinion you can, don't have to buy my opinion. We're all entitled to our own opinions, but we're not entitled to our own facts. The facts are what they are. But again, what I've learned, and and I don't mean just recently. I guess just because of the need to repeat myself, 
is I got to explain this stuff a little bit more thoroughly. And and I'm, I wish I could say I only had to explain it to white people, but I don't. Because our people have been inundated with false information also. I mean, so I've got to explain to our own people. This is why churches ended up on our territories. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, when, when again, as I talk about you know the effects of religion on our people or or the military, it becomes more absurd when you think that our people enlisted in these armed forces, and how our people were used in these armed forces. Oh, it's great when you can demonize the the, the Japanese or you can demonize Nazis or Mussolini's uh, um, you know regime. Yeah, when you but you know what? That's not. When people are in the military, that's not nor- primarily where these people are being used. U.S. military has been used to kill Filipinos fighting for their independence. They've been used as, as leverage to invade and occupy other territories and kill brown people or, or people of color all over, the, all over the planet. That's what our people are used for. And knowing, I mean, it, it, it's, like, it's like me saying, How is it that a guy who's Jewish like Dan Snyder who owns the Washington football team, how does he not understand the oppression? How can this, how does Ruth Bader Ginsburg cite the doctrine of Christian discovery as a Jewish liberal justice on the Supreme Court? Well, damn, how the hell can I condemn those people? When I know how many, how, how proud some of our people are to serve in the U.S. military and do the bidding of the U.S. military, knowing the history. Well, Part of it is because our people don't know the history. Because we're not teaching it. And they sure as hell aren't teaching it. So now there's a, a now there's a little bit of a of a pushback saying, yeah, how is it the native people are never mentioned in history again after the after the uh after the nineteen hundreds or after the you know the eighteen hundreds? Never mentioned again. Well, it's because we're written out of history. But we're not gone. But again, Whatever L. Frank Baum said, well, history will forget these latter despicable beings. Yeah, that's us. History will forget about us. But they'll romanticize what we were. And they'll do it by sticking our images on a football helmet or a baseball cap. Or making a mockery of our, you know, of our images how in, in, in whatever way they, they see fit. See, that's the way they can pretend that they are honoring native people there's a writer who wrote a book called the inconvenient in the in, inconvenient indian <laughs> i think is the name of the book i'll look it up i'll talk about it in a future show but he 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 makes it very clear that we the ones who live today the latter despicable beings we are the inconvenient ones because we screw up the perception that americans have of native people they to them a real indian is, is the one with a headdress. Is the one dancing in a powwow. So if we're not in that context, if we're not dressed in that way, if we're not presented to them in that way, then we're not real. We're just inconvenient. Dead Indians are the real Indians and the ones who can look like the Indians of the past. That's the premise of the book. I'm probably going to have them join me on the show in New York. But I'll, I'll talk about uh, more. I'll, I'll pull the information up on the book and I'll share it with you on a future show. But again, writing us out of history doesn't make us not exist. And 
the fact that that we have to explain how our existence has come to be after five centuries of genocide the fact that we have to explain why it is that black people are still so disproportionately impoverished or imprisoned just like native people why is that it's because the conditions were created that isn't something that just happened it was something that was caused stuff doesn't just happen stuff is made to happen I want to thank you for listening uh, we'll be back here on Tuesday and uh, we'll do it all again uh, hey look at my uh, my group pages for uh, for your white skins shirt we do look we did design it and it is on a teespring so uh, we do make a few dollars off of every shirt and eh, we're not gonna get rich doing it we're not gonna we're not gonna build a billion dollar franchise with it or anything but uh, eh, we'll see what we get thank you for listening this is John Kane this is let's talk native Yahweh.